Hi everyone, my name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. As we've been saying for years, we believe the Lord led you here. And we hope that what you hear today will encourage you to take a step forward in your faith journey and help you look more like Jesus. After today's message, I encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. Well, welcome everyone. Whether you are joining us at one of our campuses or you're watching online right now, either way, we are really glad that you're with us. Uh, and actually, I should probably say welcome back to those of you who are here for the second time. Your first time was over Easter. Thank you for giving us another try. Um, if we haven't met before, my name's Jason. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And in addition to preaching every once in a while, I also have the privilege of working with and helping to lead our production teams, our music teams, and our communication teams. And those three teams combine to create the experience that we have both in person and online at our campuses. Uh, and and uh, they, I'm telling you, they work so hard, so faithfully to create an environment where we get to experience God in such a real and tangible way. And the only reason I'm telling you this is it just gives me an opportunity to brag on both the staff and volunteers who bring our services together week in and week out. I'm just really, really glad and proud of those team members. Uh, otherwise, today, today, yeah, they, they do, uh, they deserve your appreciation, my appreciation. They are incredibly hardworking. Uh, otherwise, today, we are going to start a new mega theme as we continue our year-long journey through the Bible that is called The Bigger Story. We're not going verse by verse, but really mega theme by mega theme. And some of those themes that we've touched on so far are things like beginnings and exile and journey. And then the one we just wrapped up right before uh, Easter is called Fulfilled. It's where we looked at how Jesus fulfilled more than 300 predictions or prophecies that were made about the promised Messiah in the Old Testament. Uh, today's mega theme that we're starting is called Follow. And simply because the last six weeks we focused on Jesus, the next four weeks we are going to focus on the people who followed him. And when you look at the accounts of the life of Jesus through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are called the Gospels. When you look at those, we get a pretty good idea of what our followership should look like. There's really like four defining areas that we can find ourselves in. And we are excited about this series. We really are. If there was ever a time to share messages on social media or encourage people to go to our website and watch messages or invite people to come with you to experience the message, this is it. If there was ever a time to engage or re-engage that friend, neighbor, co-worker, this is it. Because this, this next four weeks, it's going to hit on the entire spiritual spectrum. From people that may not have much of any kind of spiritual interest to those who have been following Jesus for most of their lives. It's going to cover the entire spiritual gambit. And uh, we're going to begin at the beginning. Uh, well, I should say this, quick disclaimer. Uh, over the next four weeks, what we are not going to do, we're not trying to imply that our faith journey is somehow linear. That following Jesus is just not a series of checking boxes of how many books you've read or classes you've taken or groups you've been a part of or, or hours that you've served. We all know that our faith is far more dynamic than that. I mean, we know that we're going to have good times and bad times, times that we feel so close and connected to our Heavenly Father, but there's also going to be other times where he feels distant, might cause us to question or start to, to doubt some, and that is completely normal. That is all part of the spiritual journey. All those things combine 
to help determine where we find ourselves in our followership of Jesus. So by no means uh, are we implying that you know, our faith journey is very linear. Yet what we are going to find of those places that we can find themselves, each one of them is connected to a different challenge that Jesus gave. Meaning, for most of his ministry, he was surrounded by people. And those people, they were all over the spiritual map. Some wanted to follow him. Some wanted to devote their lives to him. Some were just curious, and some were flat-out skeptical. And depending on where they were, Jesus had a different challenge for the person, depending on where they were in their faith walk. And so today, we're going to begin at the beginning, and we're going to look at the very first challenge that Jesus gave. And I think, uh, actually, an illustration would help set this up. Um, have you ever been talking with someone, and they started talking about a, a restaurant, or a TV show, or movie, or product of some sort, and the first time that you heard it, you were kind of like, I'm not too sure about that. Or just flat out, uh, that does not sound good to me. But then you ate there, or you watched it, or you tried it, and you were sold. Like, and you, maybe you didn't quite say it like this, but maybe there was something in you that was just like, where have you been all my life? Well, I'm going to give you three quick examples of how this happened for me. Um, and by the way, these are my examples. You don't have to agree with my examples. You know, maybe you had a different experience, so it's okay if, if we agree to disagree. The first of which is this. This is an air fryer. The first time I heard people talking about this, I was like, come on. There is no way that this thing is going to be able to cook chicken wings as crispy as in a deep fryer. There is no way that this thing is going to be able to cook frozen food as good, if not better, than in an oven. you got to be kidding me. But after hearing enough people talk about it, my wife Amy and I, we broke down and we bought one. This is as good as advertised. This is a marvel of modern science. Some of you know, listen, you preheat it, five minutes. You put a layer of chicken wings in there, uh, 400 degrees, 20 minutes, mm, you are good to go. Air fryer. Second example for me was a TV show called Ted Lasso. I had heard enough people talking about it, and the premise of the show is an American college football coach gets hired to manage a professional soccer team in England. And I heard that, and I'm like, um, well, I'm kind of a take-it-or-leave-it guy on soccer to begin with, so therefore I am not interested. But again, you hear enough people talking about it, and so Amy and I were like, okay, let's, let's watch one episode, which led to another episode, and another episode, and now we have watched the entire series up to date. The thing about the character of Ted, he is unendingly optimistic. His enthusiasm, his joy is just infectious. You can't help but root and love the guy. Disclaimer, Ted Lasso is not a family show. As good as Ted is, uh, just like his demeanor and things like that, as good as that is, there are still adult themes and adult language as a part of this, so I'm just saying don't gather up the kids and sit down and watch Ted Lasso. I'm just saying, all right? Final product. Final example for me is this. This is a thermocell. It is an insect repellent device. First time I heard about this, I'm like, whatever, because I've tried a bunch of other insect repellent devices. They've all disappointed me. But again, I just picked one up. Uh, I took it up with me to the Boundary Waters, and all I have to say is, game changer. 
We now bring three of these up with us. And there have been years we haven't had to put any bug spray on in part because of how well these, thing, these things work. I am a thermocell evangelist. <laughs> and just to be clear, I am receiving no compensation for any of my endorsements, <laughs> although I'm open to it, thermocell. For a small fee, I'll put your name right here on my shirt. I will even become your spokesman. So for a short time, we have been able to secure some thermocells at a greatly reduced price. All you need to do is call 1-800-PASTOR-J. I will ship this out to you today. Okay, you get the point. Uh, I'm sure there is something, the same type of experience where at first you, were, you doubted, you were skeptical, but then you tried it, and it completely changed your perspective, and maybe in some small way, it even changed your life. The same can be said of the first challenge that we're going to look at today. And here's the thing, if, if we lean into it, if we embrace it, if we live into this challenge, I really believe it can be a complete game changer. So... You brought your Bible, you got your Bible app, and you want to follow along, go ahead and take that out and open up to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, a little bit later, we're going to be in John 4, so if you want to kind of put a finger in chapter 4 as well, you can do that. Um, but before we jump in, let me just kind of set the scene. Uh, the writer of this letter that became the book of John, he was an eyewitness to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And the place where we're jumping into this story, what has happened is John the Baptist, John the Baptizer, the one sent to prepare the way for the promised Messiah, he has already baptized Jesus. Um, but the ministry of Jesus has not started full-blown yet. In fact, Jesus doesn't even have any followers up till now. But that's about to change, starting in verse 35. This is what it says. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. By the way, the word disciple just means follower two of his followers, as Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. Now pause there for a second. Uh, John points out Jesus, his two followers, go start following Jesus. Jesus asks, what do you want? And the thing is, Jesus, it's not as if Jesus doesn't know what these guys want. Because again, up until now, multiple times, John the Baptist, as Jesus was walking by, he would declare, look, the Lamb of God. So Jesus knows what these guys want. He's more so asking, what do you want from following me? Do you think, do you think it's going to make life easier following me? Do you think it's going to benefit you in some way? No, I believe what Jesus is really asking is, what do you want from following me? Like, do you really want to follow me? Do you really want to know who I am? Do you really want to live like I live? I think it's a question Jesus still asks us as followers today. And then after Jesus asks the question, what happens next leads us to the first challenge. So keep reading. These two guys, they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, Jesus said. The first invitation of Jesus is just simply come and see. And again, Jesus is doing far more than just like, hey, come and see where I'm staying. Come and see where I'm sleeping. He's more so saying, listen, I know you've heard John, his declarations about me. Maybe you even heard some rumors about who I am. 
Come and see who I really am, what I really stand for, how I really live. The first invitation of Jesus is just simply, come and see. You got questions? You're skeptical? You got doubts? Come and see. You had a bad church experience? Another person who called themselves a Christian hurt you in some way? They let you down? Just, no, come and see who I really am. What's also important to note here is what Jesus doesn't say. I think it's interesting that Jesus doesn't say, okay, listen, I know you've been baptized by John, but are all your sins covered up to date? Like, are you up to speed on all of the sacrifices you need to make down at the temple? Because you gotta be living at a certain standard before you come and see who I am. So go get your life in order, then get back to me. No, the invitation is for everyone. It doesn't matter what your background is, what your history looks like. It doesn't matter what you think or may not think about Jesus, the invitation is simply, come and see. Now, this is the first time we read the challenge, but we see it again not long after this. But again, this time, it's going to come from one of the people who have been around Jesus, who have experienced Jesus. Uh, A few verses later, we're going to see that it comes, uh, Jesus actually has some of his first followers, including a guy named Philip. And Philip is incredibly excited to be following Jesus because, again, I I talked about how we, in the last mega theme, we talked about uh, fulfillment and all of these prophecies, predictions about the promised Messiah. Every good Jewish boy and girl would know most, if not all, of those prophecies. And so now Philip is starting to put two and two together, and he realizes this might be the guy. And so he goes off to find his friend Nathaniel. So, because he wants Nathaniel to experience Jesus, uh, let's see, turn the page... Uh, verse 45, Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? Now, why did he say that? Well, in part, uh, Jews at that time were anticipating more of a uh, political savior than a spiritual savior. And Nazareth wasn't necessarily known as the kind of place that would produce well-educated, influential leaders that would lead the Jewish people out from under Rome's rule. Uh, Also because, in some people's minds, Nazareth was almost like an other side of the tracks kind of town. Uh, You can think of it this way. Think about uh, when you were in high school. Who was your rival high school and what city were they located in? For me, growing up in White Bear Lake, I might say something like, can anything good come out of Stillwater or Forest Lake? Right? And, of course, the answer is no, so let's just move on. I'm kidding. That's a joke. Um, But Nathaniel is not having it. Like, he's not buying the air fryer, thermosel, or Ted Lasso. So look what Philip says next. Philip simply says, come and see for yourself. Just come and see. No strong-arm tactics, no well-formulated theological argument to convince him to come see Jesus. He just says, come and see. And Nathanael responds. Keep reading. As they approached, Jesus said, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. I read this, and here's what I picture. 
I, I picture Philip standing there watching this interaction between Nathaniel and Jesus, and I just picture him with this big smile on his face, and at one point, he grabs Nathaniel's arm and kind of shakes him a little bit, and he's like, didn't I tell you we found the guy? And then I picture Nathaniel turning to Philip and looking at him and saying, thank you. Thank you for asking me to come and see. And I even think in, in our context today, I think a lot of us have had a Nathaniel-like experience, whether that was here at Hosanna or maybe a different church. You know, a friend, family member, whoever, you know, they, they extend this, this simple challenge of just, hey, come and see, come and see my church. Maybe you watch a message or two online. And maybe at first you weren't too sure about that. But then you're like, okay, I'll give it a try. And the music started, and maybe the first thought was, this is, this is not what I expected. And a couple songs in, maybe you found yourself getting emotional and you didn't even understand why. And then the message started, and you felt like you were the only person in the room. You sat there thinking, how, how did he or she know this is exactly what I needed to hear? It all started, and maybe you didn't say it as plainly as this, but maybe there was something inside of you that was just like, thank you. Thank you for asking me to come and see. It happens to so many of us. There's one more time that we see this challenge being made, and it's in a well-known story. Maybe some of you know it. might be new to some of you. It's Jesus interacting with the Samaritan woman at the well, but it's easy to miss the, the challenge that comes along with it. So go ahead, uh, go forward to chapter 4. And before we jump into this, we're gonna, it's going to start in verse 25. Let me just try to give you a little context because, my goodness, there's so much nuance in this story. There is no way we have time to unpack it all. So let me just try to summarize. Okay, Jesus is sitting on the ground next to a well. This Samaritan woman comes out of the village to fill up her water jar middle of the day. And so that's kind of out of the ordinary because you didn't do your work at the peak heat of the days. And you usually came in groups. And here she is coming individually. Jesus starts interacting with this Samaritan woman. Now, back then, Jews thought of Samaritans as less than because they were of mixed blood descent. So Jews, they, wouldn't, they went to extremes. So if this is Samaria and they were traveling, they literally would walk around Samaria to avoid interacting with Samaritans. Uh, then add to that, culturally back in, in that time, Jewish men didn't even talk to females in public. Most males, they would not talk to their daughter, their mothers, or their wives in public. Yet, here's Jesus interacting with a Samaritan woman. This was unheard of. But then again, that's who Jesus was. And so again, here's Jesus telling the Samaritan woman things about her very checkered past that there is no way that a stranger could possibly know. And so she starts to think that he is a prophet. And at one point, she says this to Jesus. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. The, the gravity of this almost can't be overstated. Jesus is making this public proclamation about who he is, and he's doing it not in a, a synagogue, not at the temple, but to a Samaritan woman. Unheard of. And about this time, his 12 closest followers, the 12 disciples, uh, come back and they see him at the well interacting with this woman, and, but they don't have the courage to go, dude, what's going on? And, and as they watch this, uh, in the meantime, the woman, she leaves 
her water jar beside the well, ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. So the people came streaming from the village to see him. And the, the, the Samaritan woman could have been shunned inside her own village because of her very checkered past. Yet, here she is going back to the people who have rejected her so that they can experience what she is experiencing with Jesus. They come streaming out of the village. And after hearing Jesus do some teaching, they beg him to stay. Please stay longer, which he does. Two more days. Spends time teaching and, and showing love and care for these marginalized people. And as Jesus is leaving, the villagers go to this Samaritan woman down in verse 42. Now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but, be, but because we have heard him ourselves. We now know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Hundreds, if not thousands of people's lives and eternities were changed simply because one person issued a simple challenge, come and see. It really should be that easy for us as well. There's no experience needed. There's no training required. All we have to have is a heart to want to have people experience the same love and grace that we have experienced through Jesus. And folks, you know this. You know this. You have no idea what God is going to do through a simple challenge to come and see. Uh, decades ago, um, as Amy and I were starting our family, I would describe our faith at that time as probably lukewarm. Um, so many of you know, with infants and toddlers, how challenging it is to get everyone up and dressed and ready and out the door to possibly get to church on time, that kind of thing. But we, we still wanted to grow in our faith, so we kept giving it a try. We were going to the church that we were married in, but we knew we needed to find a new church one Sunday when uh, we're sitting in the service and we can hear this, this little voice off in the distance, but it's getting louder. Mommy, 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 mommy. Here's our two-year-old daughter walking down the main aisle looking for mommy. She had escaped the nursery. <laughs> Amy looks at me, I look at her, and I said, I'm not her mommy, I'm not getting her. So yeah, we had to find a new church, partly out of a pure embarrassment and partly for security reasons. A two-year-old should not be able to escape their rooms. Uh, and as Amy is talking to her friend and co-worker, Beth, about this, Beth offered a simple challenge. She said, hey, you guys should come and see my church. The music and the messages, they're really good. I, I think you'll enjoy them. And so we gave it a try. And the first sign that this might be our new church home is when the first minor miracle happened that our kids went willingly into their rooms. That had never happened before. The spaces were so uh, engaging and relevant for them. They actually wanted to be in there. And when we got the oldest in his space, I just whispered to Amy, run. <laughs> Which we did into the auditorium, the worship center like this. And as soon as the music started, it was like we, it was different. I mean, both Amy and I had this this Nathaniel-like experience that, like we talked about. It, it, the message started, and it was just like, has this guy been reading our mail? How did he know that this is what's going on in our lives? It, it was like God was speaking directly to us. 
And we drove home after that service almost in silence because the experience was so profound for the two of us. And, and then that, from that moment on, the trajectory for both of us changed when it came to our faith. It led us down a path where God used the weekend experience, but then the relationships, the relationships that we formed through, through our small group, through our community group, people that came, uh, that we were connected to over the years that we grew together with, that they loved and cared for us and us to them, they challenged us, they held us accountable. Uh, God used all of it to radically change our lives. And it is not an overstatement that I'm not sure I would be standing in front of you today if it wasn't for that simple little invitation by Beth to simply come and see. So here's my encouragement as we come to a close today. First, I wanna speak to those of you who you've been following Jesus for a while. My question for you is really simple. Like, who is in your life that needs this challenge to come and see? Who is God placed in your sphere of influence? It could be someone whose life isn't going very well right now. It could be someone who's new to the neighborhood. It could be someone like Amy and myself where maybe their faith has stalled out for whatever reason. And it literally is as simple as, hey, would you be interested in coming and seeing my church? We'll go together, we'll sit together on the weekend, no big deal. It could be the come and see is just like building the relationship. You just get together for coffee, just build the relationship. It could be come and see what God is doing in and through our community group. It could be come and see what my church is doing, just blessing the community where it's located in through this service project. Do you want to join me for that? Because the truth is the come and see experience, it can happen individually, it can happen in a community group long before they ever set foot in one of our buildings, if they ever set foot in one of our buildings. Who in your life needs that invitation? The second group of people I want to speak to real quick is maybe you are here today and you're wrestling. You're questioning. Uh, that is a normal part of the, the spiritual journey for sure. In fact, you're here today because maybe you lost a bet. Or maybe you're here today because you got bribed. Uh, someone said, hey, if you come to church with me, I'll buy you lunch afterwards. Whatever the reason, we are incredibly grateful that you're here today. And I want you to hear this. This is a safe place to be able to wrestle with matters of faith. But there's a line that we say around here. We say, we believe the Lord led you here because we really believe that. We believe it is not an accident that you're at a campus or you're watching online right now. We believe that Jesus wants to offer you more, more than what this life has offered you so far, or maybe more than what your past church experience has offered you so far. And when I say more, I mean like more peace, more purpose, more joy, more assurance that there's more to this life than just what we experience. There's more to life than just you're born, you live, you die. See, Jesus is the only one who can offer eternal life because he is the only one who lived, died, and rose again from the dead. But I get it. You're not ready to, to fully embrace that. I, I totally understand. So here's my encouragement to you. Just keep exploring. Just keep exploring. Maybe your next step is that you, you just commit to come to the next three weeks for the, the rest of this mega theme because maybe you better understand what it means to follow Jesus. You'll have a much better idea of actually what you're signing up for. Maybe 
you take a class called Alpha. We offer a class called Alpha. It wrestles with the big questions of life. Answer, you know, like, who is God? Who is Jesus? All those kind of things. And that's, where, that's a place, man, they want you to bring your questions. Or maybe you get a Bible. You know, if you got grandma's Bible sitting on the shelf or something like that, maybe it's time to get a new Bible with footnotes in it. Read for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. Or, or you can download the Hosanna app. It's got a, a Bible connected to it. Read for yourself about the life of Jesus. And actually start in the book that we were in today, the book of John. Just read for yourself who Jesus is. Whatever that next step is for you, keep exploring. Because here's the thing. If I'm wrong about the whole Jesus thing, and you just spend some time exploring, well, then all you've lost is a little bit of time. But if I'm right, you have nothing to lose. You have everything to gain, including eternal life. And my hope and my prayer is that one day you will sound like a Samaritan villager who says, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are, the Savior of the world. And I want to follow you. And that is the next challenge we're going to look at next weekend. When Jesus challenges people, follow me. Let's pray. Father, I just want to begin by praying for your eyes to see who needs this invitation. Then, Father, I want to pray for your Holy Spirit to give us the courage to simply offer it. Father, we are not approaching people as projects because people are not projects. They are people with a real history and a real story. And Father, remind us, it's not our job to change a human heart. We can't do that. That's your job. What you're asking us to do is simply issue your challenge of just come and see, knowing that you will do the rest. And Father, thank you. Thank you that you issued that invitation to us. We are eternally grateful for your love and your grace in our lives. And we pray all this in your son's powerful and precious name. Amen. Amen.